Ultimately, I'm always right. Oh, yeah. Once again, big news and great news for President Trump and his legal team. You know, he's been going to court every day, right? So mad, so mad that they're trying to take away his business. And that goofy judge with that ridiculous ruling, remember, where they valued Mar-a-Lago at like, what, 10 bucks or $18 million, relatively speaking, the same thing. Well, a court of appeals just said you cannot enforce this cancellation of the business licenses. Do you remember that? This will seem like gobbledygook maybe for a moment, but it's very, very important. First, this is what the Trump team, they were looking for this. They called Judge Engeron's decisions to impose unauthorized, undemanded, overbroad relief without proper factual or legal predicate, which will result in significant irreparable harm. Well, the, the appeals court actually thought, you know what? You're onto something here. All right. So a little while ago, we have this from the from the appeals court. They say as follows that basically they won, at least for a little while. Judge Engeron's decisions dated September 26th and October 4th, the Mar-a-Lago one. And for a stay of trial is granted solely to the extent of staying enforcement of Supreme Court's order directing the cancellation of business certificates. Does it seem like gobbledygook? It's actually not. Maybe they want it to be a little bit confusing, but remember when the media were jumping up and down about those business certificates going away? Uh, this is what they really wanted, and the appeals court just said that can't happen. Watch this. Tuesday's uh, decision was incredibly damaging. It says that he will lose his business certificates, his business could be dissolved. I think it almost seems like a fait accompli that he's going to lose the business certificates that allow him to operate his business in New York. Tonight, not only is a judge ruling that fraud was the actual reality, but that Donald Trump and his two sons, Eric and Donald Trump Jr., are losing their business certificates. Uh, no. <laughs> they fought. They said this is wrong. And an appeals court has given an extension all the way a stay, meaning this can't proceed until at least mid-November. This is a big deal. I'd like to bring in Joe DeGeneva, former federal prosecutor for the District of Columbia. Uh, he's been fantastic on all these legal issues. Jo uh, welcome back, Joe. What do you make of this thing? Is this big or is it bigger than I even said? I think it's quite big. Uh, what happened here is the appellate court realized the Judge Angeron, who's sort of like a judge out of my cousin Vinny rather than the real world, the Judge Angeron had really overstepped. And what he had done was taken property without due process. And they decided that this was so dangerous and could screw up the entire case that they overruled him immediately because he may have caused irreparable damage to the businesses of Donald Trump prior to any final ruling in the case. So they basically said, you have taken property from Donald Trump and non-parties, third parties who were affected by these business licenses, and that cannot happen, and therefore we are overruling you, and those business licenses stay in place. By the way, you always know that Erin Burnett is going to be wrong. As soon as she says something is right, you know the opposite is true. That's true. Yes, the CNN person at 7 p.m., notoriously wrong. Great point. So there, there is something here. Uh, they, they were looking for a stay of trial. That The trial proceeds. It looks like that was not granted, correct? 
That's correct. They, they, they're going to allow it to go forward, but it's pretty clear they're looking over this judge's shoulder very carefully because that was really uh, a very stark decision where they made him uh, that they canceled his cancellation of the business certificates. Uh, they realized that that was such a gross, gross overreach on his part that they had to stop it now. And the reason was very simple. They were taking property without due process. And that just can't happen. And, you know, the language is not necessarily uh, written for, you know, the New York Post, right? <laughs> they, they, it is, right. It's very lawyerly. It's, it's very much written by a judge. Um, but you can read between the lines here. I mean, a judge presiding over a trial in progress, this is the last thing they want. This is embarrassing. This, is, this would wound somebody like Judge Engeron, correct? Of course, he's a man with a massive ego. He kept this case because he wanted the publicity surrounding it. He wanted to the person helping out, Letitia James. Uh, he's quite obviously full of himself. You can tell that from the original day with the photography and the, the video of him smirking and smiling for the camera. I mean, this guy is a judicial joke. And this, oh, by the way, just so everybody remembers, in his ruling that has just been stayed, he cited as evidence some bogus assessment of Mar-a-Lago uh, being valued at $18 million, 18 to $27 million. And uh, we know that, so just everybody knows, this is the same ruling. And we don't know exactly what the appellate court is thinking, right? I mean, we, we can correct. surmise, you have surmised, I think you've surmised accurately, but what I'm trying to say here is they may have written a three-line uh, stay, but there's a heck of a lot more that they know and that they're thinking that led to this uh, order, correct? I think they're worried about this judge. I think they're concerned about his behavior, his demeanor, the way he has comported himself, the way he has pranced in front of the camera. I think this was a shot over his bow to tell him, start behaving, shut up, or we're going to remove you from this case. Well, we saw Trump determined as anything, and the legal team sitting there, uh, Mr. Keis, Alina Haba, you know, you hear often that we're going to appeal, we're going to appeal, we're going to ask for a stay, and it almost never seems to happen, and it has happened, and it's happening. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Joe DeGeneva, we appreciate it uh, so much. And quite frankly, for now, congratulations to uh, President Trump and the Trump legal team. A major, major victory that the mainstream media will not play that way. But thank you very much, Joe. You bet. Anytime. Next, please. So many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. She's getting crazier and dumber and weirder. You heard that, right? We're all members of a cult in MAGA, huh? And once Trump, they desperately want him to leave the stage. They desperately want to see him in jail. 
We will have to be deprogrammed, right? Uh, oh, Hillary, he's winning, by the way. He's winning these civil cases. And you watch the criminal cases, too. Uh, we're not in a cult, all right? If you call the Constitution, supporting the Constitution, supporting strong borders, not getting into pointless wars and not winning them, huh? Deregulation, lower taxes. These are beautiful principles, okay? They've been around for a long... You know what a cult is? Jonestown, Guyana, who remembers that? Jim Jones getting everybody to, to drink the poison, right? That's a cult. Uh, Charles Manson, Charles Manson and those crazy women he got to, what, kill for him. That is a cult. And you want to see another cult, actually? This kind of stuff. This crazy gender weirdness, kids in the school with drag queens, this actually is what a cult looks like, huh? The cult of woke, more on that in a moment. I noticed Christiane Amanpour was just nodding her head. Yes, oh yes, they need to be deprogrammed. Where's that nod? Let me see that head nod. Oh yeah, of course, yes, of course they do. But what's her question next? It's not like, are you crazy? Get out of the studio. No, uh, how, how do we deprogram them? And how do you do that? Because you said you have to defeat them by defeating their leader. Their leader right. is Donald Trump. Even you have said that you expect him to be the Republican nominee. How does this change at all? At this point, I think, sadly, he will still likely be the nominee, and we have to defeat him. And we have to defeat those who are the election deniers, as we did in 2020 and 2022. Um, and we have to, you know, just be smarter about how we are trying to uh, empower the right people inside the Republican Party. And what lengths will they go to make this happen? Uh, it's pretty scary, actually, what they I think they'll burn the country down rather than let him win. These are dangerous times. What will they do deprogramming people? It's not just her. Uh, her Republican friends, Republican friends, rhinos like Liz Cheney, I thought this was pretty um, ominous as well. In our country, we don't swear an oath to an individual or a political party. We take our oath to defend the United States Constitution. And that oath must mean something. Tonight, I say this to my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible. There will come a day when Donald Trump is gone, but your dishonor will remain. She is so wildly mischaracterizing what MAGA is all about. Has she ever actually sat through a Trump rally? Watch the whole thing. I'd like to see her quarrel with what Donald Trump is talking about. She can't, actually. These are pro This is not extremist stuff. This is, pro this is common sense stuff. That's what MAGA is about. The stain, right? It sounds like they're coming for us, right? If they manage to throw Trump in jail or whatever, they're coming for us. When he says he's the only thing standing between, you know, they're coming for us, he's just in the way, that really resonates, especially now. There is a cult out there, the cult of woke. This is, this is what we're dealing with. MAGA is not a cult. This stuff, this is a cult. And what does a cult do? They push things that are totally indefensible, totally unreal, and make their followers accept it, like this. One six attack for the future of the country is a profoundly more dangerous event than the 9-11 attacks. And in the end, 
the one six attacks are likely to kill a lot more Americans than were killed on the 9-11 attacks. January 6th was worse than 9-11 because it's continued to rip our country apart and give permission for people to pursue autocratic means. These two guys, they help bring us the Iraq war. They're not just some dudes with podcasts, all right? That's Matthew Dowd with the glasses there. He ran strategic communications for George W. Bush. Uh, the other guy who might have some sort of syndrome is Steve Schmidt. Uh, he actually worked for George W. Bush and John McCain, and more recently, the Lincoln Project. So what are they saying again? 9-11, uh, January 6th. January 6th was worse than 9-11. The other guy said, actually, he went on to say, uh, January 6th was worse than the two wars we fought, Afghanistan and Iraq, right? Wow. <laughs> election denialism. You can't question an election, can you, right? Unless you're her. <laughs> Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out, and eventually, I do believe he will win. What a clip, huh? That's 2019. Don't concede under any circumstances. All right. So where are we right now? They're not dangerous. MAGA, we are the existential threat. Isn't that how they put it? Isn't that how Joe puts it sometimes, right? MAGA. What are we, Joe? The threat... The MAGA Republicans pose is to take us to a place we've never been. There's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. There's something dangerous happening in America now. There's an extremist movement that does not share the basic beliefs in our democracy. The MAGA movement. The MAGA movement. They're not saying MAGA extremists anymore. The MAGA movement is extremists. MAGA Republicans. I am MAGA. I'm a threat to democracy. Do you consider yourself MAGA? Are you a threat to democracy? You see how they're characterizing us? This is, this is dangerous stuff. And guess who's listening? The FBI, right? Weak and woke and going with the flow. Anything Democrat, anything anti-Trump, they're on board. And yeah, they're setting up specialized units. Did you see the news this week? To track MAGA. Donald Trump followers targeted by FBI as 2024 election nears. Newsweek had a very thorough story. We had the author on last night. This is what is going on. And that's really scary stuff. Meanwhile, there's a genuine threat out there, right? Uh, it's not coming from MAGA. It's coming from folks like, well, Frank James. He was sentenced this week to 10 life sentences, 10 years for shooting up a subway car <laughs> last year. Guy went on a, a train and shot it all up, hurt a lot of people. And why did Frank James do it? Well, he was racially motivated. He hated white people, as simple as that. You useless white whore, dirty white You wanna look down at me? You. Try to find a MAGA Republican talking like this about anybody. The FBI doesn't acknowledge this as a problem anymore. Black identity extremism, right? Which is uh, a lot of them are really hate Trump. 
But they don't talk about that because, and who's they? Well, the media and the FBI. The FBI. They don't talk about something that is a problem because Cory Booker was offended by it. So nobody's being surveilled or investigated on the black at any extremism. We don't use, we don't use that terminology anymore that was part of the reorganization of all of our domestic terrorism threat categorization. That terminology went away uh, as part of this racially motivated violent extremism category. All right, so you can't call it a problem. That means that problem is still there. But if you can't call it a problem, you see what happens? It, it, it vaporizes. It goes away in law enforcement's eyes, but it's still there. Look, when it comes to this stuff, you know, they hate MAGA, but they tiptoe around other things that make them uncomfortable. When that subway car was shot up, right, and they had an idea of who was responsible, the kind of person, you know, it puts elected officials, Democrat elected officials, not regular people, not normal people who kind of are comfortable with things, puts them in a delicate spot. Listen to how Kathy Hochul, the governor, condemned this attack in the strangest way. We say no more, no more mass shootings, no more disrupting lives, no more creating heartbreak for people just trying to live their lives as normal New Yorkers. It has to end, it ends now. I mean, are you surprised that mass shootings of this nature didn't stop then? I mean, she said it has to end. It has to end now. Like she's talking to a bunch of fourth graders who are, you know, running through her sprinkler on her lawn. But when a white supremacist, right, as somebody they can say is a white supremacist, watch out. Uncomfortable, sure ground, because this is the enemy they want to magnify and multiply, actually. I think the left, they like this and they want to see more of it. So they can come out like this. This sounds a bit more authoritative in a way. I know this community well. I've walked these streets. I know the individuals who live here. It's a wonderful, tight-knit neighborhood. And to see that sense of security shattered by an individual, a white supremacist who has engaged in an act of terrorism. You see, much sure footing there, right? Knows how to condemn it, condemn it out loud. The other kind of violence eh, has to stop, whatever it is. Let's move on quick. So one more time, MAGA is not a cult. There's nothing wrong with MAGA. Make America great again. What could be wrong with that? What do they think it is? What does the left actually say about it? I want to make uh, a light of what MAGA means or what the slogan make America great again means. It is not a benign slogan. Uh, half the country takes it as a finger in the eye. The Make America White Again uh, movement. He's there to make America white again. We need to understand that he sits at the sweet spot between greed and selfishness and racism. When was it ever great in America for the African-American? When was it great? So if you're making it great again, it's not including them. The, the Breaking Bad guy, right? Uh, they don't have a clue. So full of hate, they're blind with hate, blind. Have they ever actually looked around, talked to people outside their circle? Make America great again. Hey, that was fine when Bill Clinton was talking about it, wasn't it? I ask you to join with us today to give me your hands and your hearts 
to give me your prayers and your help. I believe that together we can make America great again. I know what he's talking about, right? You know what he's talking about. Trump actually could actually make it happen and will again. We'll be right back. Joe DeGeneva reminded us what a scoundrel Aaron Burnett is. Um, the week before last, there was something involving Trump and courts. What could that be? And she brought up, for no real good reason, 9-11, and tried to say that Trump was boasting about buildings on 9-11. This is what she did on her show. This is what she thinks of her viewers, not much. And let's take a close look at another one of those properties that Trump refers to, 40 Wall Street, one of the most treasured jewels in Trump's crown. That property is central to the New York Attorney General's case against him. It is a building that Trump loves to tout. Just listen to him on 9-11. Let me just be clear here. This is on 9-11-2001, moments after the World Trade Center buildings collapsed. Here's Donald Trump. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest. Just think about that for a second. If you were alive on that day, that's what he said on 9-11. As all those people died, he's talking about how his building is now the tallest. And he wasn't even right. And then she talks about quibbles about building height. Um, what a horrible thing to do. I, I, we played this about two weeks ago, got a huge response. So it really is worth seeing again. So Donald Trump uh, was contacted by Channel 9 here in New York. Uh, they wanted to know what he was thinking on that day. He spoke to them for nine minutes and uh, a lot was said. For years, I've looked right directly at the building. I'd see the Empire State Building in the foreground and the World Trade Center in the background, and now I'm looking at absolutely nothing. It's just gone, and it's just hard to believe. There's nothing you can do when people are going to be bombing planes at your building. Now, um, I guess maybe the world is going to be changing, and maybe you're going to have F-16s flying all over the city, etc., but it's a pretty tough situation. The big thing that, that you really will have to do is never forget. You just can't forget that something like this happened. One of the very sad things is going to be when you look at the skyline of New York, which has become so emblazoned in your own memory, and you look in, at the skyline of New York and you see these buildings, these two buildings, whether you love them or don't love them, they were a great part of the skyline. And then when you look at the skyline after 2001, and you're going to see a skyline without these two. You're going to say, what happened? People won't believe it. This was probably worse than Pearl Harbor. Many more people are dead. And, and you know, they don't know. They have no idea. But uh, I have somebody that was down there who witnessed at least 10 people jumping out of the building from 70 and 80 stories up in the air. I mean, you probably have 25 or 30,000 is the number I've heard. But I would think would be much more than that. This country is different today. And, and it's going to be different than it ever was for many years to come. Profound, sensitive, totally appropriate, thought-provoking, and never forget, never forget. Now, the building, 40 Wall Street, did come up. They asked him about it. Donald, uh, you have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was 
an amazing phone call I made. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest. Uh, is that boasting? Did he call and brag? Does that sound, it sounds matter? It's, you know what it is? It's, a, it's something said in passing as an aside. Um, it's really hideous what they did to him and what they do to him. Oh, she wasn't done lying about him, by the way, Aaron Burnett, that night. Uh, watch this. That's the reality of Trump. That's his M.O. Say it, even if it's not true. If you say it long enough, hard enough, often enough, people will start to believe it. And you know what? He's been right about that. It has worked for Trump in astonishing ways, to be honest, in completely astonishing ways. So she's trying to say that Trump said that in public as like, hey, this is what I do. This is my M.O. Uh, what was he talking about? It sounds to me like he might have been talking about the fake news, might have been talking about the, the left. He was. Let's take that moment in full context. There isn't one Democrat in the country that said that. And in a year from now, the fake news will say they've always been on this side. It's amazing. If you say it long enough, hard enough, often enough, people will start to believe it. That's what happened with Russia. That's what happened with Ukraine. That's what happened with, well, the worst is when they don't say it, like the laptop from hell. You get it? Wow. Aaron Burnett did exactly what Trump is accusing her of, but <laughs> wow, right? What do you do? You know, I've seen her on these podcasts and PBS specials talking about the importance of journalism and the truth and how fair CNN is. I think resignation is in order or termination, although you'd have to terminate everybody, maybe even Anderson Cooper. We have him in a great big doozy that's coming up in a little bit. Thanks. All, All I, I can, can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? <laughs> I've done that in a while. All right, listen, it's so good, we have to do it, all right? We're piling on CNN because they deserve it. Anderson Cooper used to be normal believe it or not, and then Trump derangement syndrome, and ever since, he's in fantasy land. Watch this. I don't watch, you know, hardcore opinion news programs. I'm not particularly interested in what an anchor thinks about or, you know, is trying to push an agenda. I'm interested in, like, information and facts and trying to just, just stick to that and let viewers make up their mind. Viewers are smarter than anybody. Let them make up their mind. They will clap. You ever notice those nighttime shows? They clap at the lamest, wrongest stuff. That's Colbert uh, sitting next to him. And, uh, well, he likes it straight, huh? There's just facts and information. And, uh, well, that's not true. Uh, you have been watching perhaps one of the most disgraceful performances by an American president uh, at a summit in front of a Russian leader. Uh, that I've ever seen. So yeah, Ted Cruz has the spine of a cantaloupe. Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on a stage in front of a crowd of Republican voters to answer questions and predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie. And I get it. It was disturbing. 
He thinks this is straight news, right? Is there a drug problem here? I don't, it's got to be Trump derangement syndrome. No drug problem. There's something very, very wrong over there at CNN and beyond. They're all like this. Let's face it. Let's just be glad we're not them, okay? And I'll be right back. The woke weirdo DA, Alvin Bragg, you know about that fight he's got going, the phony fight, the phony case against Donald Trump? Well, he's also going after the wrong guy here. At least he went after him for a while. You remember this case? Uh, Jose Alba, hardworking uh, man in a bodega, was attacked by the dude in the white T-shirt. Alba had the temerity to fight back. His life was at risk. Uh, and he took out a knife and he stabbed the man who was robbing him, intimidating him, hitting him. Uh, anybody looking at this realized that Jose Alba had the right to do what he did. Now, unfortunately, I mean, we don't want anybody to die, but the guy in the white T-shirt did die. Uh, a bad dude going way back when. Let's take a look at some of the charges against um, Austin Simon. Eight prior arrests, robbery, assault, domestic violence. He once assaulted a police officer. Um, so what is happening now? Mr. Alba was incarcerated, charged with murder, $250,000 bail. Everybody was upset. They reduced it to 5,000. They ultimately threw out the case by popular and public demand. And now Mr. Alba is suing the district attorney who many believe wrongfully prosecuted him in the first place. We're joined now by Richard Cardinale, the attorney for Jose Alba. Welcome, sir. And um, you heard my little summary there. Is that the gist of it? Um, it's a little more than that. Let me let me just start out by saying, Greg, that uh, as you sometimes think, we need you in the mayor's office and Lee Zeldin in the governor's office to save the city and state. As far as the case, we're also suing the city of New York, the commissioner of the Department of Correction, for the um, conditions they kept him in, and also the detectives who uh, signed the criminal court complaint, which is the accusatory instrument in which you bring the case. You read that accusatory instrument, they're basing it on a video that, that the detective viewed. And you read this thing, it seems like Jose Alba did everything wrong. Um, it was completely mischaracterized. And then when everybody started putting pressure upon D.A. Bragg, including the mayor, um, they filed a motion to dismiss, which uh, is in the court file. And they characterized it. They described the video. And it, would be, it was almost like two different incidents. Hey, uh, um, the, set, the motion to dismiss talked about it like um, that, that was the truth. That right. He was, he was defending himself and things of that nature. Mr. Bragg... I'm sorry, Mr. Alba was also attacked by Austin Simon's girlfriend at the time. He was stabbed uh, by her. Um, Mr. Cardinal, can I, uh, can I jump sure. in for a moment? Um, your client happens to be Hispanic. The assailant happens to be black. Uh, the district attorney happens to be black. Um, do you think race was a motive here? I think you're, uh, you're going there in this lawsuit, correct? Um, that is the motive with District Attorney Bragg. Um, he does treat people differently. In the lawsuit, we mentioned 
the case of Daniel Penny on the subway, the Marine who um, allegedly put that person in a chokehold. And he has written policies, D.A. Brad, as to how he's going to run his office. But none of these things um, are given to defendants who are not his, uh, let's just say, his choice of um, who deserves leniency and who doesn't. I would like to take um, a look at your uh, client, Jose Alba, in the bodega there. This is right after the incident was largely over. You mentioned he was stabbed. Your client was wounded. We could actually see the blood on his arms. Um, what did he do? My understanding is, if we drop the, yeah, he had to leave town. Uh, he had a lot of support in the community at large, but I think he had some blowback in the neighborhood. How's he doing and where is he now? He's back in New York, but he cannot work um, where he lives in Hamilton Heights because he fears if he works in a bodega, uh, Mr. Simon, who according to media reports was in a gang, that something will happen to him. Uh, Mr. Alba's been in this country over 30 years. He's a citizen. Um, he has a family. He's over over 60 years old. All right. Understood. Listen, I wish you guys, I wish you all the success in the world. Every New Yorker knows this case. A lot of people across the country uh, know this case. You're su what are you seeking? Money? Um, an apology? All of the above? What, what are you going for? Then I'm sorry. We've got to go in a moment. Well, you know, Mr. Alba's main concern is justice. And this doesn't happen to people because whenever... You um, have a policy of racial equity in your office, as DA Brad does. You want he, he wants equality of outcome, and that that always creates a situation where you have to consider race, which was wrong. So we'd like that to stop. And in a civil case in federal court, you can get compensatory and punitive damages. Well, I think he deserves them <laughs> a lot. Thank you very much. Our best to your client, Jose Alba. Richard Cardinal, we appreciate it. RichardCardinalLaw.com for more information. Thank you, sir. And we'll be right Thank back. Thank you. So, Bill and Hillary Clinton back in the day, the Arkansas days, governor of Arkansas, first lady of Arkansas, long time ago, right? You would think, look, whether you like Bill Clinton or not, he's pretty good at politics, okay? Uh, how is it that his wife learned nothing about politics hanging around with a guy like Bill Clinton? I mean, gaff after gaff. She self-sabotages all the time. The latest fiasco, although it's not necessarily a gaff, it's a warning to all of us. You heard what she said to Christiane Amanpour, right? We played it earlier in the show. I still can't get over it. Take a look. So many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. This is so insane. It is kind of scary, actually. This isn't just a blunder. This is more serious than that. Uh, I want to bring in our experts, though. Mark Simone, 
keen observer of all things politics, iHeartRadio talk show host, and Dick Morris, host of Dick Morris Democracy, of course, the return, Trump's big 2024 comeback, and he has been a Clinton whisperer at times in his life. Uh, take a look at this Time Magazine uh, cover story back when we actually read Time Magazine, the man who has Clinton's ear. That's Dick Morris. Uh, Dick, first you, by the way, that was uh, kind of cool. You on the cover of Time Magazine. It used to mean something. What do you make of what Hillary Clinton just said? You know, when, uh, when Walter Isaacson, the publisher of Time, called me and told me they were going to run that cover, originally it was just me on the cover. And I said, Clinton will have a fit. You got to put him on the cover. It's his convention. He's about to be nominated for president. Isaacson and I negotiated. We worked out that cover that I would be whispering in his ear. And Clinton said, well, you do whisper in my ear. That's okay. All right. Congratulations. Uh, you'll always have that. So uh, this deprogramming thing. Cult members. We're cult members if we're MAGA, and we must be deprogrammed. I don't think she was joking, although she no. has no sense of humor. What do you take from that comment? What was this all about? No, no you can rule out joking with, with Hillary. Uh, no, she sincerely believes that Trump supporters are programmed members of a cult. She puts us in the same category with Scientology or with other cult groups. And, uh, and feels that deprogramming is necessary. And if she ever were elected president, there would be deprogramming centers throughout the country aimed at doing that. Uh, it, it absolutely is insane. They, the Clinton, Hillary does not understand that there's such a thing as a difference of opinion. Uh, there is only a, uh, a cult, uh, an insanity, a violent motivation, and that has to be dealt with at that level. And it is scary because she's absolutely very close to the center of the opinions the Democratic Party holds. Yeah, that's what's so concerning. I mean, this is not, I mean, this is what they'd like to do. They're authoritarians, and if they get back in or stay in in 2024, we're in big trouble. Mark Simone, uh, <laughs> please, your thoughts. Well, nobody knows more about Hillary Clinton than Dick Morris, but I think he'd agree with me. He brings you... All the worst qualities of Bill Clinton and none of the good qualities of Bill Clinton. She's uh, a nightmare to begin with. Now she's in her Norma uh, Desmond stage. That was the old woman in Sunset Boulevard, all washed up with, unable to make a comeback. Uh, I, and one lesson you learn from this, don't ever think because somebody was married to a president that they'd be a good president. Just remember that with Michelle Obama. Uh, people think Bill Clinton was a good president. Hillary has none of his talents or skills. I, I would imagine Mrs. Tim Cook doesn't really know how to make an iPhone, so forget <laughs> Michelle Obama. She's a, a more pleasant version of Hillary Clinton, but Hillary, a disaster. And uh, she did this with the deplorables in 2016. So this is another good sign for Donald Trump. History repeating itself. Hey, you know, uh, I've seen her drinking. Mark, uh, excuse me, Dick. Uh, I've seen uh, pictures of her drinking with John McCain overseas. We saw her wobble and fall at ground zero. They just did a big hit piece on Rudy Giuliani. I think it was totally over the top and unwarranted. Does she have a few problems along those lines? Uh... Dick? No comment, but uh, All right, no if comment. I owned a liquor store in Chappaqua, I'd be a happy man. <laughs> Dick, you were around that. Uh, you were around the Clintons for a long time. Anything along those lines? No, no, I never saw her drunk or anything. Sometimes it would have been a relief. <laughs> but, but, uh, I do want to say, don't talk about it in the past tense so quickly. Uh, I think Biden may be forced to step aside. 
I think that there'll be a bunch of whole bunch of candidates coming in the field. And I think there is a realistic possibility that Hillary uh, could announce for president and could run in the primaries and could possibly win. Wow. Wow. Uh, could, so she, could she beat, beat Trump? Trump? Could she beat Trump? No, Only no. Oh, no. OK. She couldn't before and she couldn't now, but nobody can. But uh, but don't dismiss her. She's going to take a shot if there's any opening at all. And the fact that she's on TV saying that stuff yeah. is proof that she's going to take a shot. Uh, Dick Morris, that is, uh, yeah, I never thought of it. And now we heard it from you. That's, that could happen very much so. Uh, and if we have a fair election, I think Trump wins. Uh, Dick Morris, thank you very much. Mark Simone, thank you. Thank you. We'll be right thank back. You. Information. Truth is freedom, is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. Hey, right after this show is a great show hosted by Chris Plant and the others, the Right Squad. You got Mercedes and Jen and even that Jason guy is okay. So check out the Chris Plant show right after this. Oh, and tomorrow... We'll be covering the uh, the Trump rally. Let's see. Where is it exactly? It's uh, somewhere in Iowa, and it should be great, 5 p.m. Eastern time. And folks, as we wrap up the show, I haven't shown you too much of my one-year-old daughter, Madeline. Watch as she leaves the house under her own strength. Check this out. Whoops. She's only one, and she's trying to get a scooter out of the house. That's a big, heavy door. And she's doing it all by herself. I thought about helping her, but I really wanted to see if she can do it. Can I do that's, two? That's I want to do it too. And Elise, she's with me. Watch, here she comes. She did it. But for some reason, she changes her mind. You coming, honey? No. Had to change him. <laughs> Turn around with that and rise right back into the house. I love you, baby. Baby Madeline, baby Annalise, and baby Judith. Big baby Judith. Thank you very much. I'll be back next week. All the best.